Welcome to Metal Matters, a Gimme Radio podcast. I'm your host, Mike Hill, and I'll be leading you on this adventure. We'll be getting into deep discussions about classic records, profiles on up-and-coming bands, and interviews with your favorite artists. You can check out new episodes every week, so be sure to subscribe and never miss out. This week, please welcome my good friend Diane Farris to the Metal Matters Fold. Uh, she's a friend of mine, known her for many years. She's also a fellow Gimme Radio DJ, and you can check out her show Lifer on Gimme Radio, streaming or via the app. We're going to be doing a Classic Records episode, and we're talking about Phobos by Voivod. Voivod is a band that I've been fascinated with for most of my life. You know, they, they've been grinding it out since the early 80s, um, changed a bunch, had a bunch of different lineups over the years, and uh, I can't really say that anyone sounds like Voivod, and that's one of the reasons why uh, they've been a fascination of mine. Now, Phobos, to me, stands out as possibly the most unique record by a unique band, and uh, that's why we're going to be talking about it this week. I'd like to thank everyone for checking out the show. Uh, definitely keep sharing it. Uh, you know, I can see the numbers, and I see that you guys are, uh, are doing what I asked. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends. Tell them about it. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, at the alleged Mike Hill. And uh, yeah, so here we go. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's I'm very fun. excited. Yeah, I've known, we've known each other for quite a while at this yes, point. Yes, yes. You know? And now we're both fellow DJs on the Gimme Radio platform. Fabulous. I, I love Gimme Radio. I really do. And you, so, when did your show air? Um, I am on, Lifer is on Mondays at 1 p.m. That's Eastern time. And the replay is 11 p.m. on Friday nights, Eastern time. We used to be sort of like right in this, me, you, and Danny Loker yeah. were like sandwiched on Fridays, I remember. Yes. At one yes. point. Yeah. And then I, I needed to switch my show for some, for, for some projects I'm undertaking. So, but uh, it was a good neighborhood to be in. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, yeah. what, um, you know, generally like, is there a theme on your show? Like, do you just kind of pull from different places or? Out of my ass. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I just, I really... For me, lifer is just as a description of who I am in music. It's like, you know, I grew up in in rock, in album-oriented rock, hard rock, you know, some metal, and I've just taken that and really always just looked at it and cherished it and just sucked the life out of it in terms of knowing it and, you know, owning the records and going to the shows and all that. And I've always really supported as I learned about underground music more and more things that were underground I think because I felt like music needed help or that the that the world needed that and so I am a lifer and my my tastes vary for sure and and in some ways it's almost because I've got like this sort of like musical ADHD thing like I just I can't I can listen to full albums, but I quite often choose not to, you know, and I, I really like to mix it up and I did terrestrial radio for decades and 
that was a free form thing too. So I also put in a lot more of just sort of like regular rock and things that, that I probably wouldn't play on my gimme show. But um, Lifer is about my dedication to music. Yeah, and also, you, like you're saying, you bring all this experience, and you're, you're an actual broadcasting professional. In a way. I would say that you are. In a way. Thank you. Know? you. And, and we, had, we had a discussion one time when I was on, you interviewed me on, on WFMU, your former mm-hmm. yeah. home, uh-huh. where you accused me of being an expert in making music. I remember how angry you were, because <laughs> I remember that so well. Yeah. And I... And I think, so I probably used my words wrong and I didn't, certainly would never have meant that you, and the fact that you said now in this day and age, because this is, this is years ago, yeah. at least, the fact that you used the word accuse me <laughs> means that you definitely took it wrong because I meant it as an achievement and maybe being able to look at your achievements. And of course, there's always somewhere to go. Yeah, it's not like you're sitting on your laurels. And I'm so glad you brought that up, though, because I always felt like he really was arguing with me on that point. And I, and I felt like maybe I got a little intimidated when you started to argue, so I couldn't quite relax into getting you to understand what I meant, which was just really like props and 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 I've seen you grow and play. I saw you know I you Anodyne played at FMU. Yep, that was right? one of the finest moments of my whole life was playing on, on WFMU on the Pat Duncan show. Yeah, that was like a real cool yeah. time for me. You know, and I've seen you really like Tombs. I think has really um, uh, morphed a lot too, and you're at the very center of that. So I would never say I would n- never accuse you of just sort of. Uh, being an, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was about sort of like just being more comfortable and really knowing your instrument better and knowing what you want. Um, and there's there's certainly a better way to say it than expert. And I'm sorry, no, I, 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 wasn't, I, didn't tell, I wasn't really offended by it, but I guess what I'm I was so I was, glad we cleared the air. But, but right now, I'm gonna I was gonna turn the tables on you and <laughs> what say am I that, an expert at? and say that you have put in your ten thousand hours. <laughs> Of broadcasting time. Okay. And then I think that you're an expert at the art of broadcasting and being on the air and you know uh, putting okay. together musical okay. like uh, playlists and that. And there's definitely an art to it because I'm a, I'm a novice at that stuff on Gimme Radio. Oh, it's so much fun though. Isn't it's it? a lot of fun, but I don't know if I do a good job or not. Like I don't know if there's like you people listen to my show and they're like, oh man, this is a, I had a great you know time doing this. This makes sense. I think that like. Sometimes there is there there's a flow and a certain technique that you do to put these things together, and I'm still learning that. And you know, like you're like, oh yeah, I pull it from my ass, but also it's like you have been executing this work for many many hours for yeah. a long time. Yes, well and that there is, is a, there's a craft to every just like everything else. There's a craft to it, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm accusing you of being an expert. Okay, at that. I'll take that. All that's right. so funny because I took that wrong and you took it wrong years ago because <laughs> when you said accusing me, I'm like, oh my God, he's calling me out on the carpet, but you are actually going to turn the tables on me, yeah. which is actually very nice. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, I was just, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, speaking of the underground <laughs> and uh, the subject of today's episode, Voivod. Yeah. You know, we, I was just talking about this earlier today about how, you know, Voivod was around, you know, they, they formed in 1982. Yes. Okay. So they were, 
part of that original um you know thrash speed metal yes world yes you know, populated by metal the likes of metallica slayer mm-hmm. you know megadeth metal massacre you know that yeah. that whole mm-hmm. movement yes and they also drew from similar uh you know influences new wave british heavy metal hardcore punk classic rock or, or hard rock mm-hmm. you know what i mean yes yet for some reason, Voivod never really experienced the same level of mainstream success as any of those bands. They sort of remained in the the, the underground. That is true. You yeah, I mean? for I mean, forever. I know they just won a Juno Award, right? That's like a Canadian, Canadian Grammy, yes. I guess. Um, and it's been a really long time. Like it's been, they've been together for over thirty years. Yeah. So. It, even though they just won a Grammy, that's really a, a long time. Um, I don't know what their, I mean, clearly they're very different. And I think that they're, I've, I've met people over the years who are like, yeah, I just don't get Voivod and I don't get that. Right. So I, I love them from the moment I heard them and they have certainly changed in a lot of ways, but sonically, there is something that is similar all the way through and they're not they're not traditional in the metal you know world and maybe that's it and you know what i don't i've never been good at being able to choose a band who's going to be big like never like <laughs> if i like your band well, that kind of sucks for you cuz i just <laughs> like i i'm I, I've never been able to be like, oh, this band's going to be number one. Like, I just like what I like. Um, but you're right about that. You know, it's like a lot of those bands from back then did really, you know, do well and were at the, you know, at the right place at the right time. And I don't think that they were in the wrong place, but I don't, I don't really know how to, to investigate that. Yeah, I mean, they, they did have a record on a major. They're, like, they, Nothing Face came out on uh, uh, MCA. MCA, and yeah. They, that, the Astronomy Domine um, video got some mm. pretty good ro- you know, rotation on Headbangers Ball at the time. Oh, okay. Um, I remember seeing it on Headbangers Ball, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And that was like, I'd been into the band for a while at that time, but it was like, they still were like the weird band on yeah. Know, you would you would get the hair metal bands and then later in the show you'd see like the Chromags we gotta know. Right. You might yeah. check this video out, you know what I mean? You'll see like a, the prong beg to differ video. Okay, yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing. I always like likened Voivod and Prong in some ways, because Prong was a band, in my opinion, that was you know, they weren't like the easiest band to listen to. Right. You know, right. yet somehow that success, they were able to capitalize on that where it always seemed to sort of elude Voivod in the bigger picture, you know? And, um, yeah, I don't know. I've, that's always kind of endeared Voivod to me because I just, it's almost like they just kept plugging away. They kept changing, you know? I mean, the original lineup, we had, you know, Michel Langevin, Away. Away, Drums, yes. Art, yes. artwork, image. Yeah. Visual, visual context like, of the band. Exactly. You know? Yeah, the story. Uh, yeah. Piggy, a.k.a. Denis D'Amour, the, yes. the original guitar player. Yes. Uh, Blackie, Jean-Yves Tiro, mm-hmm. bass. Snake, Denis Belanger on yes. vocals. And that's the original yes. lineup. But this record had a different lineup. It was a three-piece lineup. Yes, with Eric Forrest, who is Canadian, except he doesn't have 
a French Canadian name, so I'm not sure if he's from from like Toronto. That or same, yeah, like I don't that. know if he's from the same area because they were up. the The original members were from like way up Quebec. Yeah, yeah but some small but, town in yeah, Quebec, way further, like outskirts. Yeah, kind of. And Away had told me that so he was friends with Piggy. I believe, because um, I got the chance to interview him years really? ago at South by Southwest, many years ago. I, I, that interview's around somewhere. I'll have to find it and maybe try to, you know, well, actually, it and you get have, it done you, have a, you have a podcast, too. I do. Yeah. Yes. So that would yes, be a perfect thing to, to repost on your podcast. That is, that is that's very true. Yeah. I have to find it because it is it's a pretty long interview. It's pro- probably one of my longer ones, of course, because. I'm the Voivod gal. But mm-hmm. um, so he told me that, if I remember correctly, that he and Piggy were friends and Piggy started showing Blackie things on bass and that Blackie was a really quick learner, but Away really didn't know how to drum. And Away took a year and said, I'm going to join the band in a year. And literally took a year and practiced. And then was like, okay, I'm ready. Like, and, and, the things that they did to to make Voivod are like remarkable. Like what kid does that? Like, okay, I'm just gonna learn for a year. Like basically close the garage door and yeah. you know, do whatever else he did in his life, but really like become a drummer in a year and then be like, Okay, I'm ready. You know. That's so, awesome. Yeah. It really, really is. Um so yeah, so Eric Forrest is Canadian, but I, I'm guessing that he's from another another, another province. province. Yeah, yeah. probably. And that was a really weird time, right, for Voivod. Like, so Eric Forrest was on Negatron, and he was on Phobos. Right. Um, and before that, there was Angel Rat and then Outer Limits. And I think, I'm not positive, but I think that Blackie may not have played on Outer Limits. Like, I think that they were sort of a three-piece, and maybe uh, Piggy did the bass on that record i'm not positive so they were really in flux for more than just those two records and i i'm saying in flux because we know how the story goes and snake comes back and you know and all that and and but that was really the beginning of a period for them where they did really go in in flux and then you know and if you really go out you know another 10 years or eight years or seven years from phobos you know Piggy passes away in 2005. And so then they're still trying to figure things out. And, and you know, they had Jason Newstead before mm-hmm. that. And, and so it was sort of like a rocky road that was starting with um, the advent of Voivod with Eric Forrest. And I really like Negatron. And I really like Phobos. And I think that Phobos is probably Voivod's darkest record. I often agree with that, and I remember that period of of those three albums: The Outer Limits, Angel Rat, Negatron. That's when I kind of like drifted away from the band because mm-hmm. I really loved, like Dimension Atros was like probably my prior to that my favorite record. That's then it. Nothing Face, yeah. and then you know War and Pain, Roar, Killing Technology. Those are all lumped in there as like mm-hmm. great records. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely there's little differences there. There's like. Some some of those records have more of a thrash feel. Some yeah. have almost like a hardcore like feel. Yes, yes. You know, and then when when Dimension Atros came out, that was like, oh, that's the perfect record. That man. was like the beginning <laughs> of them expanding into this other realm. 
Yes. And you can see like the progressive, like the King Crimson, yes, worship. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that's what I see. Yes, I don't know if that's true absolutely. I agree. I do agree. Yeah. And actually there's uh, the King Crimson album, yes. Um, the, the King Crimson album, Red, mm-hmm. to me sounds like a Voivod record. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, it okay. probably goes the other way around. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Well, and then Phobos... Is it Phobos that they cover 21st century? Schools? Yeah, that's Man. on the European, like, re, uh, sort of a, a special version. Okay. Came out yeah. Europe. Yeah. I, and out of all of their covers, that's my favorite Voivod cover version. It's a toss up with that and Astronomy Domine, because, like, that Pink Floyd track is yeah. one of my favorite Pink Floyd songs, too. Oh, okay. And okay. so they're. And they play that for Piggy at the end of every show. Yeah. So it has this whole just beautiful uplifting vibe like it really really does um yeah so when phobe i didn't really like negatron at the time mm-hmm. remember, but i revisited that today actually this morning okay you know trying to get into the vibe for the show yeah i started i listened to i've been listening to phobos quite a bit mm-hmm. always i love that you know it's one of my favorite records by by voivod and I'm like, you know what? Let me check out Negatron again because I know I didn't really like it at the time. And what changed for you? I quite enjoyed it this morning when I listened to it. Yeah. And um, there's a very heavy Godflesh uh, industrial yeah, there is. like feel to it. And I think in 1995 when that record came out, that wasn't really the kind of thing I was into. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. you know I put it on and I'm like, oh, this is like some like you know like industrial type of thing, and right? It yeah. didn't really gel, and then a few years later is when I got into more music like that. And that was also the CD era. Yeah. Like I have these records on CD only, mm-hmm. um, and and Negatron was like this whole like three D thing, like yep. it had a video thing and all that, and away started to do his artwork digitally. Yes. Read, like that big picture of the ant, and you can see like the rastering, and it, yeah, it's kind of. I, I, it I was, think that I think I think that actually um, nothing face was digital but it was more a ways style and there was something that maybe it was digitized but but negatron definitely like it's like wow he's trying some like you know i didn't even know the name of a program to suggest yeah but, but he's like you know doing his thing that way and there was a lot of different things that they were trying i have to give him props for trying and trying to do something new, yeah. But I have to also uh, say that the out the outcome maybe wasn't the best. Yeah, it was a little clumsy. It was a little clumsy looking. Yeah, definitely. and and I don't know what the state of digital art was in that at that time either. Yeah. I mean, this you know, is because like there's a learning curve for everything. Yeah, and uh, but it looks dated. I guess that's what yes, we're trying it does. to say. Yeah, is that yeah. the art itself looks very dated? It looks like something that came out in the early nineties. Because mm-hmm. I can even go back to other records, like you remember Allied Recordings. Yeah, you know, yeah, that layout that yes. they have for yes. all those discographies and compilations they mm-hmm. put out, or yeah. like that looks like something that came out, like that style, like the yes. way the font that they use is very much like yeah. a dated look. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess that's similar to like this digital artwork that mm-hmm. that Away was doing in that era, because the stuff previous to that was um. What really drew me into the band, you know, like when I first started seeing their records and and now, you know, Diane and I are, are older than a lot of you people out there. So we experienced the eighties firsthand. Yes. And I saw Voivod at the world war three fest in Canada. It was Voivod, Nasty Savage, Celtic Frost, Destruction and Possessed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What year was that again? 
I think it was 85. Okay. So that was still... That I was, still have my t-shirt from that. That was before Cold Lake, right? With, oh, with yeah. yeah. That was a while Yes, it was. That, and yeah. I saw Tom Warrior sitting in a McDonald's. Really? Alone. Alone. He was not eating anything, but I walked by and, and I was just like, oh my God, Tom Warrior sitting there. Like, it was... I Yeah. And um, not to go completely off track, but the night before the festival started, and it was it was a one-day five bands, but it was still those five bands. Yes, um, DOA was playing. Um, and I, of course, obviously <clears throat> know my, my, uh, my hardcore. And so I went to go see them, and I had all my metal friends. Nobody would go with me. And I, was, I just went alone to this gig, and Martin Ain was at the show. Oh, wow. And I went up to him, and I was like, I know who you are. Like, you're hiding out here. And he was just like, oh, well, you know, whatever. And I didn't talk to him for very long, but he was at the gig. And it was at an upstairs club. And at the end of the night, I came walking down the steps, and there was a record store across the street burning to the ground. And I stood there with Martin. And we were just watching it. And you could see, like, the posters, like, getting set on fire. Like, whoo, you know. And it, it, I remember looking and not not being upset because it was sort of like a pop record store. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't like there was, like, the first Exciter record melting <laughs> or anything like that, you know. But it was still, like, like oh, my God. It was a very surreal. And, I, and he and I stood there and just talked about it. And just like, oh, my God, look at that thing melting and all that. It was... <laughs> It was so, it was so crazy. But so it was, it was a, great re- a great weekend. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phobos, for me, that's what got me back to pay attention to the band again because really? it was so dark. Wow. It yeah. really, yeah, it yeah. really was. And it's funny how, how I, that record came into my possession because, um, all right, 1997, I was living in Boston and uh, I was living in this house and it was like a bunch of degenerate like dudes and bands and me and you know pit bulls and stuff like that <laughs> and uh i remember aaron turner and the hydrahead house was like right up the street from us and I, you know they were friends of ours and jeff Caxide, their bass player we hung out a lot one day i came home i was working at the newberry comics warehouse and one day i came home from work and i found this voivod cd was just on the coffee table just there now that was like that might sound odd to some people, but that happened all the time in our apartment. If you live in a music house, yeah. yeah I, like one day, I found the Cave In Crossbearer seven inch underneath the underneath the couch. <laughs> like I was like looking for a, a VHS tape, you know, and I was like, "Where's this VHS?" I was like, "It was like the Event Horizon VHS that we rented and didn't return. Oh, right. we just kept it, right?" Yeah. So I'm like, I want to watch Event Horizon. So I'm like looking around for it. I go under the couch and I pull out this record. I'm like, what's this band? Cave In, Crossbearer. And I just toss to the side, you know. I'm like, yeah. Never heard of these guys. Wow. <laughs> right? Wow. And I actually, I, I hung on to that 7-inch and I still have it. Oh, cool. And, but that's how this, this Phobos record showed up on the coffee table one day. It was like a promo maybe. Because mm-hmm. down, downstairs was a, a record label that was like a guy was running out of his, his house and they released records by, you know, Jejun and Piebald and all these oh. other types of bands that, you know, pretty cool bands. And I'm like, oh, man, I, I remember I really used to like these guys, you know, let me put this on. So I, it was night, you know, getting to be nighttime. And I went into my room and I put it in my CD player. And I was like, from the beginning, very, very beginning of that record, yeah. I was like, whoa, this is not like Negatron at all. Yeah. And at that particular time, this is 97, so it was on the heels of me discovering, like, 
not so much discovering, but really paying attention to like through silver and blood by neurosis mm. and the more expansive forms of metal and hardcore, you know, like stuff that ha- was more thinking, you know, more thinking involved. Mm-hmm. Like a couple years before that, I was getting into the swans and around that time I was really getting the God flesh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I always thought of Voivod as like a, a metal band, you know, like thrash speed metal, like, even though, like you know, Dimension, you know, Atros was like a um, progressive record. Yeah, it and was still nice, like yeah. like like a, a metal type thing. Yes. And this record, to me, was like had this like psychedelic, like darkness to it. You know, this like very um, atmospheric. Like there's like very cool, good playing on there, mm-hmm. but it was more about feel. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it was more about vibe. And uh, and I remember that being like this this constant rotation for like the next couple months after I found that record. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, and I still have the CD because it's like yeah. no one else wanted it because all the guys I lived with were, were meatheads and they were just like, they, were, they wanted like Madball records and stuff. Right. Which are yeah. a great band, but like yeah. I was the guy who listened to the vibe. weird stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I remember just being like so stoked about this record and not too many other people were really digging it, you know? Mm-hmm. There was like my little enclave of friends. We all dug it. You know, Jeff, you know, Caxide and Turner mm-hmm. and those guys. But, like, um, it wasn't something that was in the conversation with a lot of other people. Right. You know? So that was, like, and, and, you know, ever since then, that's been, like, the oddball Dark Horse record by this band. Then I don't think any of their other records really sound like this one. I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. So, for me, and this is going to sound, oh, I don't know how it sounds, but... And I think it's really Snake. And although I would say that Piggy, Piggy's playing defined the band, when I heard, because I thought Negatron, I thought that Eric Forrest was trying to be Snake a little bit. I mm-hmm. think he was sort of not, not doing what was easy for him. I think he was trying other things, and they were, they were trying a lot of stuff. I felt that Phobos was really more straight ahead, and that Eric was really, I mean, he has such a harsh, abrasive, like his delivery is brutal. Yeah. And Snake really is like a lovely voice. Yeah. Like, and and the and what's behind Snake, you know, when you've got Piggy and Blackie playing the way they play and playing off of each other the way they did in like all of those first early records, you can get away with kind of like a lighter singer and still have a heavy album yep and phobos took so so eric forrest and i don't know i would love to have known what the conversations were with the band in there because this is the second record that he's with them and his last record yes and his last record right so um like did he really say like listen i'm not going to try to do this like sing-songy thing because it didn't work and it sort of sounded weird on a couple tracks on negatron like and I really have this this harsh vocal and to see where it goes and I like all of the Voivod records bring me joy because there's like a brightness to them mm-hmm. and there is no brightness to Phobos whatsoever and if anything it's like it's confrontational yeah it's, and it's creepy too it's caustic there's like yeah. oh like bacteria is such a creepy song mm-hmm. and 
Although I have to say, I think it's on the the track Phobos. There's a part where he sit where he screams, and it sounds just like Sam Kinison. Like just like oh 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 like that, yeah, and I'm yeah, just yeah. like oh my god. And I know it wasn't supposed to be funny, and it wasn't quite the same way that Sam Kinison used to do it. But I was just like oh like, and I I can't not remember that. But it's a very cold record. Yeah, there's the record has a lot of reverb on it, mm-hmm. yep. and it's not made the way a lot of the typical Voivod records were. And typical, I mean, if you go from Warren Payne to Outer Limits, nothing is typical between the two of those. But but there's, I feel like their dynamics have always been played with and looked at really carefully. And I feel like Phobos was just kind of like, like there was a little bit of a vacuum, like we don't know what to do with this and we're just going to leave it for you. And it's such a cold record and it's a great record like mm-hmm. i'm not saying like when i say the thing about joy it's like there's just this high end that snake can do and he's he's sometimes goofy when he sings and la 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 like almost like almost like a broadway thing yeah sure absolutely but yeah. with their instrumentation like it's still always you know really right on point and they're just so so precise but and phobos doesn't have that so there's no like light relief Nope. And so that record just starts hitting you and hits you and hits you more and hits you again and hits you until it fucking pushes you off a cliff. Like, yeah, and, and just production-wise on the on the previous records, they always kind of stayed within the rules, like with production. Mm-hmm. I mean, like just, you know, compressed drums, like not a whole lot of effects. The drums sound very different on Phobos. Yeah, they do sound a lot yeah. different. Um, you know, the vocals were, you know, you know, like just your basic stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and I guess like, like for me at that particular juncture in my life, like I knew Keith from Rorschach was really into into Voivod too. Yes, you yes. Know, it's like one of his favorite bands. Mm-hmm. You and, can hear that in his guitar playing. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's what it, and that is like what contextualized some of like within the hardcore um, context, right? Voivod fit because of Rorschach. Oh, Rorschach. You know I mean? Listen to the Descendants. Yeah. And Decroit De- Croitzen. Of course. Sounds a lot like, like Oh, my Boy God. Yeah, what Brian did and Decroitzen. Like, yeah. those four bands. And I know that they all know of each other. Yeah. I mean, I guarantee it. And it's just that sort of high... Angular like, guitar. like Yeah, like very dissonant. But yeah. then they have that... They sort of top it with it. Like, bing, bing, bing. Yep. Like, you know, intonation and yeah. whatever. I, I don't play guitar, so I'm probably saying the wrong words. But, but, then, but then, like... So there was like this uh, this rule set, you know, like me personally coming out of this world of hardcore punk and metal, underground metal, where it's like, okay, we go in there, we make a record in two days, we only have this amount of time, so we're just going to like keep it raw and basic, you know? And a lot of the, I think the older Voivod records are raw and basic. Yes. They just like, we get in there, bang it out. But then like when I heard Phobos... And then prior to that, I heard through Silver and Blood by Neurosis, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of years before that, I was like, oh, well, this is, this is allowed. Like <laughs> this type of thing is allowed in this type of music. Yes. You yeah. can put layers of stuff. You can have reverb on and weird effects, you know, you can make, you know, and I'm sure this record wasn't made on some massive budget either. Right. You know, but yeah. you can be creative within the production of a record. And for me, that at that in 1997 when I heard this, for me to for me to to like keep, put my arms around something like that, I was like, wow, this is like 
a new thought pattern for me. And it comes from this record of like, I'm like, oh, wow, look at the stuff they're doing with the vocals. This is like very, I didn't think it was allowed in this type of music to do that. You know what I mean? I thought like you had to like play by the rules and like you couldn't do these kinds of things. Like this is like for like Pink Floyd or bands like that. Right. And that allowed me to really open up my mind to doing more uh, forward thinking stuff within my own music. Oh, great. And that's what this record is like. That's why this one for me. Wow. You know, and it, and like you were saying, it just, it's a dark record. It explores like very dark places. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. And the atmosphere on and it. And places really that I don't feel that Voivod had ever gone. No. And having however many records behind them, like eight records behind them or whatever it was, this like is their ninth album. Yeah, yeah. So there's like really, it's new ground for them. And it's, I find it their scariest record by far. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, so just to run through some of the particulars, uh, that's as I, as I just mentioned, it's their ninth studio album. The release date was August 12th, 1997. Okay. Recorded March through April of 97, which I found. That's pretty quick. That's like they recorded it. Yeah. And just threw it out and got, it came out. Yeah. Yeah. It's on, was it on slip disc? It was on, uh, yes. No? It yeah. was on, in the, in the U.S. it was on slip disc and I guess in the rest of the world it was on hypnotic. Okay. Um, they recorded at Signal to Noise in Toronto, Ontario. Production credits include Rob Sanzo, producer, mixer, James Cavaluzzo, mixing, and Brett Zihali, mastering. Hmm. Okay, personnel, we kind of touched on this, but uh, Eric Forrest, bass and vocals. This was his second and last record with Voivod. Mm-hmm. Uh, Piggy, guitar, away, drums, electronics, and of course, the significant contribution of artwork and art direction for the band always always yeah you know and then that's a huge component of what voivod is about is the visual presentation of their of their music oh yeah yeah and um there's a couple of like additional musicians on this record too there's a lot of other people that performed on. okay i don't know if i know that so um the u.s version had 11 tracks it had Catalepsy 1, Rise, Mercury, Phobos, Bacteria, Tom Mort, which means, uh, in French, that means uh, time out, like taking a break. I thought it meant dead time. Well, yeah. Is, isn't Mort dead? Yeah, but like it's, it's oh, like a Oh, so it's a, a term sort of that they, term use. they use. Oh, I like see. Taking a break or oh. like time out. Oh, okay. Dead, dead air, I just went you know, by the literal, literal French words, yeah. but I didn't. Oh, that's good. Cool. The Tower, mm-hmm. Quantum, Neutrino. Forlorn and Catalepsy 2. That's the U.S. release. Mm-hmm. The 97 European record version of this included two bonus tracks, Embody and the aforementioned 21st Century Schizoid Man cover by the great King Crimson. Yeah. So, but nowadays, you know, in the digital world that we all inhabit, um, you go on iTunes or, or uh, you know, Apple Music and it'll have all 13 of these tracks on there. And uh, so some of the additional musicians on here, yeah, Karen, tell me Karen Crisis. Vocals. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, yeah. You know what? I saw Crisis and Voivod play together. Yeah, I'm not surprised. That yeah. seems like it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Karen sang on Forlorn. She has some vocals on there. Jason Newstead, oh, who later went on to join the band, yes. played bass and did some vocals on M-Body, which only appears on the, the European version uh, so of the record. It, yeah. uh, Ivan Doroshuk. From uh, Men Without Hats. 
Oh, right, because Away played with them. Yeah. Yeah. Did electronics on the tower, and uh, one of the production guys, uh, the mixers, James Cavaluzzo, he uh, played electronics on a bunch of, just throughout the record. Yeah. He has some electric electronic keyboard synth stuff going on. Yeah, there on. are some sort of funny, almost outdated keyboard sounds on that record. Yeah. Just a little bit here and there. Like, I, I was listening to it the other day, and I was like, I almost thought I heard like a toy piano. Could be. Like it was almost like I was just sort of like, but you know, you leave it to Voivod to, to figure out what sound needs to be in there and to just make it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was like, and that blew my mind too, because like, you know, I mean, look, this is the nineties. Okay. You know, and you know, my experience in music, metal, you know, amphetamine reptile type mm. noise rock stuff, uh, you know, hardcore punk, not a whole lot of stuff with keyboards. You know what I mean? Not yes. a whole Like yeah. that whole like world, the, the combining of those things was outside of my wheelhouse at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I heard Neurosis. I knew, I've seen Neurosis prior to, you know, prior to hearing this record, I'd seen Neurosis. They had their version of electronics, which yeah. was like some brutal, like watching them perform live, dude playing with his fists, you know? And like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, okay, this is okay. Cause it's like, it's brutal and intense. You know what yes. I mean? It's like, this is like, I accept this, you know, in, in my music with neurosis. But then hearing the, the keyboard and electronics on this record, I was like, wow, this is like, once again, this is allowed. Like you're allowed to do this in yeah. metal. I'm like, yeah. wow, this is cool. You know? Yeah. And it was like a very uh, pivotal thing for me because I was like very much, you know, absorbed by that. And, and from that point on, I was like, yeah, this is like an option, you know. I wasn't really exercising an option too much at the time, but it was like later on in, in my life, I would be, this would become a big part of the, some of the stuff that I did creatively. It was like add these electronic sort of like flourishes. Well, and especially to almost give you permission as a musician, right? It's like you look at people or bands that you idolize or yeah. whatever, and you see that they do something, and then, yeah, so later on, maybe you do use that. Yeah. It, whereas you wouldn't have before, and and I love that that Voivod brings you into the more creative realm for yourself. Yeah, it would be it would be almost a full decade later for me to catch up to what this, you know, to, to allow myself to embrace this stuff. But mm-hmm. still, it happened eventually. Yeah. You know. Do you have any uh, standout tracks on this record? I Let me see your list. I only have two songs on the list. Oh, okay. But, but, you, have, but don't, you have the... You have the oh, I have but you have, track Yeah, listing, you have the yeah. track listing. Because I haven't memorized it, but... I... Hmm. Wow. It's a hard one, right? It's yeah, not it an really easy question is. to answer. There's so many good songs on the record. I, so I really like... I really like all of them. Um, Quantum. Mercury. Rise, Phobos, and Bacteria. That's like half the album. I know it is. I'm sorry. Um, You can't decide, though, right? No, I can't decide. (laughs) There's the beginning of Mercury always sounded like the butthole surfers to me. Yeah, right? It's got that, like, but that's what I mean about, like, giving permission to do anything. Yeah. You know, I'm like, whoa, hello, what's happening here? Like, oh, you know, and, and appreciating that stuff, too. So... I'm going to say bacteria because it's 
it's pro- I think to me it's the nastiest song on the record. Um, there's just something about well, I think it's probably the most confrontational song on the record. There's it just had like I just kind of remember sort of straightening up and then straightening up again and just being like, oh shit, oh man, like whoa. And I like the flow of the record. I think it's put together really well, yeah, track yep. by track, and they have that little sound that's in between every song um so there was a lot of care taken in the record to make sure that it was like a voivod like listening Mm -hmm. experience i think that they added a lot of higher end stuff in post yeah i can see that yeah you know because and i and i wonder like i i really wonder what the conversation was because like they make this record and they're like oh this is pretty dark oh shit like because I, I don't know. I don't know if they felt that dark, like, you know, and, and whatever, but there, but there's, it seems to me that there's some like lightness added, like doing the little tracking in between the songs mm-hmm. yeah, tie and, together. and there are some like Piggy doesn't play a lot of his, uh, what do you call it? The, like the intonation or the or like, like tritone kind of yeah, like ding ding like yeah. that he does on like almost every record. He really doesn't no. do it in this record. It's mostly a lot of like chord stuff, yep. and he still plays like like dissonant sounds, but he doesn't sort of go off like the like a real Detroitsony sound ding yeah. ding like that's yeah. that to me that's almost interchangeable between those two bands. Um, so I wonder if they added some of those higher effects because there's. There's a lot more effects here, and they're all higher notes, mm-hmm. like just like bink, bink. And I'm like, I wonder if they just felt they needed to pull that up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's... And I could be completely wrong. Maybe. Like, absolutely. But that's that's what I hear, and I just, like, it's such a different record. Like, like as a whole, it's it's just very heavy, and it's, you know, we've been saying it's a very dark record. Yeah, and well, with Piggy's guitar playing, the thing I noticed immediately was just how it was, like, very... Uh, a lot more like muted single like sort of chunkier chords yes which wasn't really a trademark for them yeah you know they were exactly what you were saying these kind of dissonant um you know very very angular kind of kind of guitar playing mm-hmm. and this is like these muted groovier like there's like a groove you know yeah. like a, the song phobos you know what yeah I mean? that's a great song yeah that's one oh of my, my favorites phobos and yeah. quantum are my two winners on oh, this record it. i mean i love yeah. the entire album but those are the two ones that i yeah. like really dig dig those two you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. yeah and there's a lot more like it's more laid back like his guitar playing has like a lot of space to it and, yes you know and there's like some reverb and delay and you know which wasn't present on all the earlier stuff so much very much it yeah. allows like them the, the the sort of notes to express more you know because of that and um yeah those are like two like my, my two selections for top tracks on this record mm. um did uh, like whatever happened to Eric Forrest after this band? I think that he did something called Project Falling Flesh. So okay. so he I'm pretty sure he was in that and I didn't fully investigate. So he got injured really badly um in a van crash in Europe and it was a like with Voivod. Oh, so that might have been why he didn't continue with the band. I think so. Right? Yeah, I I don't remember so I what this. happened, but I remember he was injured badly. So it was like either he like broke both legs oh, wow. or had like a back injury. Like okay. it was something that was pretty serious. Um, and it was, I, rem- 
I know it was a van. And I don't think that anybody in Voivod was driving. I think in Europe, right, you usually get like usually a driver. You usually have a driver. Yeah. Um, actually, you always have a driver. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, some company like, that you hire, they give you a guy, some Czech guy to drive you around usually. Yeah. And so I don't know. And yeah, I, I don't really know. And the Project Falling Flesh thing, if I'm not mistaken, I do think that that was his. I could be just completely wrong. But I think... I think they were a little bit more like groove metal. And um, so I didn't go further listening, but that's the only thing that comes to me. So I was not prepared. <laughs> I don't know. But, now, but yeah. As and, we were recording this, were you going to say something? Well, I was just going to say, you read the additional uh, musicians on there, and I didn't know that Jason Newstead played on that. Yeah. So there was, you know, the the it the timer may have already been set like kind of like well you know this is what's going to happen next which i mean voivod's uh development during that period i mean they just had to try different stuff you know and and especially with the loss of snake and well and then snake came back yeah Yeah, i mean there there was just so much up and down and You just can't really put yourself in somebody else's shoes like that and really guess why they did what they did. Um, And so, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a really interesting slot in their, you know, their, their trajectory. Yeah. You know, and this show, the way, I mean, when we do these uh, classic records episodes, um, you know, I, I didn't really have an agenda, but what it seems to be organically turning into is that outlier record for all these bands. You know oh, what I okay. mean? It's not yeah. like, when you think of classic records, you probably don't think of this record. No, Phobos, no, not at all. You know, when you think of a classic Sabbath record, you don't think of uh, Heaven and Hell, right? Right, you yeah, know? yeah. Same thing with Maiden, you don't think of, well, some I do, but you don't think of Killers necessarily. You might think of a Bruce Dickinson record. Pro- yeah, probably. Maybe, yeah. right? So this record, this this whole thing is turning into like classic, the classic outlier records for bands that, you know, like for bands, basically. Yeah, you know? they're records that shouldn't be ignored just because maybe they weren't popular or they were in a weird period. And, yeah. You know. You know, I mean, like I eventually we probably will get around to doing, you know, like Rain of Blood by Slayer, you know, right. or something yeah. like that. But yeah, it's like yeah. right now, for example, one of the, one of the episodes that we're talking about doing is uh, is Black Flag in my head, which oh. is. My favorite Black Flag record, but okay. everyone hates that album. Yeah, yeah. Everyone just totally dismisses that record. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I put this Phobos record. I mean, I don't know where you land on that record particularly, but... Well, but uh, it was a really long time since I've listened to Phobos. So, and I'm really glad that you suggested Phobos because I was like, cool, I get to listen to Phobos. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's not my go-to record. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really great record. Yeah. And... And the funny thing was, was I thought, oh my God, it's been so long since I listened to it. Will I, like, I, I thought I wasn't going to remember it. Like, n- not really. But then, like, as I'm listening, I'm like, I've heard these songs a million oh, yeah. times. Like, I nope. definitely played the crap out of this record. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I remember this and I put it down or whatever. It was like, a, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on and I, I probably played it a whole lot. And then at some point I just didn't play it anymore, you know, and, it, and it's been a while. But, um... Yeah, no, I was totally stoked. Listen, anytime I get to like talk about Voivod, is that's a good day. What you What know? was your entry point with the band? You know, what I mean, like what, like 
The, well, they had a track on Metal Massacre, like whatever number yeah. it was, and that's before they got signed to Metal Blade, you know. And then when I went to the World, World, World War III Fest, War and Pain was out, right. but Roar was not out, and they were actually selling their uh, unmixed versions of Roar on wow. cassette, which I have, Damn. you know. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, my entry point was, was like from the get-go. From the get-go, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I and they're kind of cartoony, right? So it's like kind of like I really, I love almost all types of aggressive music. Yeah. Um, and there's something about like the artwork and the science fiction that really just spoke to me much more in a way. Like I right away was they were very special for me. You know, I have a Voivod tattoo. I only have like three or four band tattoos. I have a Voivod tattoo, you know. And when I was on FMU and actually, and even on my Gimme show, every single program I have, I play Voivod. Hmm. You know, I don't miss Voivod. The Wake is still is a good. The They're Wake is one. great. Yeah, that's like and, still a great album. It's an excellent record. And I think now, so they've been through, so we started off with their era of sort of like maybe not missteps because none of their records are bad, but they went, you know, after the break of the, the core four, and then they went to the Eric, the Eric forest three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jason Newstead was in the band and then piggy. Yeah. We lost piggy. We lost him. Yeah. Um, and then they decided to continue and chewy Damon grain joined. And then blackie came back and then blackie was gone. Like now, they have, I think that they're finally settled again. Yeah. Like, I think that, and, and it's taken a while, but they've done the work. They've put the hours in, and mm-hmm. they've really seen what works, what doesn't work, and who's staying and who's not. And so so it's a way in Snake and two guys that are a little bit younger and a little bit, you know, and newer to Voivod fans. But, like, The Wake is a great record. Yeah, it's and awesome. it's And it brings me back to, you know, to nothing face or to or to to mention like in that era maybe a little bit before but um yeah like i'm so stoked because i feel like they now have it again yeah for them and and they were still just working on it all that time um yeah now at the time we're recording this they're playing here in new york next week Oddly, while you're listening to this, the show will have happened already. Yes, you know, that's but just, I'm uh, still excited. But I'm really excited, and uh, <laughs> we're both. You're going to the show next. Hell, obviously, yeah, absolutely. You are. Yes, and that's with uh, Yab, Yab and Amon Ra. I know. And you guys will be hearing my interview with Colin before this episode yes. comes out. Yes, but, I'm letting Colin go before me. Yeah, I mean, this, this is you know the weird uh, time warp of technology that we live in these days. Yes, you know, like. You know, this like very Matrix-like uh, time expansion and contraction that allows us to do these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I'm excited too. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen Voivod in a while. It's been a few years and what a great opportunity to see them with two other great bands. Oh my God, what a great bill. Yeah. What a great tour. And it's a cool uh, venue too. I mean, Warsaw isn't necessarily the best sounding venue. Yeah, I don't like the sound of Warsaw But I like all. going But I'll there. probably be up front, so who cares? Yeah, I, I like going there though. It has yeah. like... Um, it's like, it reminds me of like 20 years ago, maybe, Yeah. in New York. It doesn't remind me of like New York now. 
Mm-hmm. But it has this like it's like this cool like building and you know what I mean. Yeah, it's big. It's you know, big. It fits a There's lot like of you can get pierogies there. It's got this like kind of like. I'm only going for the pierogies. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna conceal that anymore. But <laughs> but it it ha- it almost feels like you're going to see a show in almost like a VFW hall in, in some yeah. ways. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's this really nice room. Yeah. You know, really nice interior. But yeah. it has this like. It's almost like you're not supposed to be there to see a show like this because there's like it has this very Polish vibe to it of like mm-hmm. you know piro- once again the pierogies you know <laughs> <laughs> and it's in a cool area and I don't know I, I I've seen Neurosis there I've seen Godflesh there I went to uh, one of those uh, garage that little Steven thing with oh. like, I saw the Electric Prunes play there oh cool um, so yeah it's like a very cool spot and a, a great show. And it's coming in in less than a week. That's right. Yeah. It's, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. The last time I saw Voivod was, I think, in Pennsylvania, like two years ago. Like, I drove out to Lancaster when they were on tour with uh, Vector. Oh, yeah. Okay. That sounds about right. Yeah. 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 And Rocky was playing bass with them. I, I didn't meet him, but I, you know, yeah, it was pretty... Anytime Voivod is near, it's a good day. I'm trying to remember what it was for me because I know that they made me uncomfortable for many years when I was a kid. Really? Because of the, I'll explain. Yeah. Back in the day, when I was uh, growing up in the suburbs, you know, my my parents used to get the New York Post. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the back of the Post, they would have current, you know, they have listings for like the Ritz and. Um, you know, CBGBs and stuff. And I want to say that it was the Ritz. They had a listing for Voivod playing there. Mm-hmm. You know, and at that time, I was in high school and I was like trying to find out about everything I possibly could about underground, you know, punk rock, hardcore, weird metal bands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there really wasn't a lot of ways to find out about things unless it was a tactile world. Like you had to put your hands on stuff. Yes. Yeah. You know, there was like Trash American Style in Danbury where I used to go there. Oh, yeah. And Malcolm. Uh-huh. Malcolm was a yes. friend. Malcolm was on my other podcast as a guest. Mm-hmm. I should have him come on this one for to talk about a classic record, maybe. Absolutely. Oh, my God. He's the maybe record Maybe like guy. an anti-scene record or something. Yeah. You know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, yeah, like you, need to, you needed to get your hands dirty back then. So, anyway, I'm looking... Oh yeah, CBGBs, man. Someday I'm gonna go there and I'll see like Agnostic Front. Someday I'm gonna go there. And maybe I'll see one of these like Nuclear Salt or something like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Lamore's like, what's this place all about? Oh yeah. And then I saw like they had a photograph of this band Voivod for the Ritz, and I was looking at these guys with this crazy weird haircut. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are these punks or metal guys? Like I couldn't really, you know, because right. I'd seen you know that episode of Quincy that had the metalheads in yes. it, you know, or the punks rather, the yes, punk the rockers. Punks. Yes, yes. And I was like, oh, you know, I saw, I seen TV, I seen this on TV, you know, like these guys with the crazy haircuts. That's funny. So I'm like, I don't know if I like this band because I I like punk, but I don't. I also kind of like like Slayer, you know what I mean? So I went to uh, the mall, and there was a record store there, and I looked for the Voivod and they had these weird album covers and I remember mm. I was also a big fan of the heavy metal magazine oh, right? okay you know and the artist Mobius was in there mm-hmm. he had a bunch of like Arzak and like all these different characters and I his artwork made me uncomfortable too because it and mm. I, but I love Mobius but it was like there's something just inhuman about it there was something very dystopian mm. I felt like 
it was this weird projection into a possible future that was coming just a few years down the line. Oh. And that was the same feel I got when I was seeing Away's artwork. Yes. I'm like, there's this inhuman melding of man and machine that only might only be a few years away. And the artwork was like, it, it was the same. Like, in a way, when I, when I would see pictures of Motorhead, I was like, these are bad people, man. Like, oh. when I was like 14 years old or whatever... <laughs> I'm like, man, these are. These, I don't know if I want to be associated with these guys. Look at them; they look dangerous, <laughs> you know. I mean, obviously. But so, what was your tipping point then? It was just a curiosity about what the fuck this band sounded like. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I gotta get, I gotta find out like what this band is about. You were intrigued. I was intrigued by it. Yes. So I don't know what it wasn't like the new album that I got. It was like I went back because Warren Payne just happened to be in the record store. Well, and I was pretty, like, and that's a great album. And that cover, like if you're looking at that cover and you're a kid, it's like, whoa, yeah. this is like, you know, and it's like hand painted. Yes. So it's sort of like, there's a real humanity right there. It's not a photograph. It's nope. not sort of this made up thing. It's like, wow, somebody, this came out of somebody's brain. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's what scared me a little bit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, I, mean, I was not as free now then as I am now. Obviously, yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, and I was still figuring all this stuff out, you know. And the fact that it did have this sci-fi, like you know, core goal, you know, yeah, like, like you know, Voivod vampire vampiric overlord vibe to it. It was like that. That's that that context drew me in as well, mm-hmm. and uh, and and that got the hooks in me when I first when I heard the record. Yeah, and then. You know, those early records, really big for me. You know, Dimension Atros was a great, you know, them covering Pink Floyd, a band that I loved as a kid prior mm-hmm. to my explorations into punk rock music. Mm-hmm. That was a band that I really enjoyed. And them picking a song that was like more obscure because at the time of me being a young man getting into Pink Floyd, prior to my punk rock excursion, you know, the wall, like that was like the, yeah. you know, those are the big records, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Astronomy Domine was the Sid Barrett song yes. or something that was like more obscure. And I was like, oh, these guys are like, they're, they're weird. They're interesting. They have like some other thing going on that I didn't really know how to like process at the time. You know what I mean? And then, you know, um, Nothing Face came out and that's when I finally saw them was on that tour. Oh wow! Yeah, it was like it was '89, I think, mm. and it was Nothing Face was out, and it was Soundgarden, Voivod, and Faith No More. Yeah, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's when it was like this—the deal had been sealed with me being a fan of Voivod. Easy. Yeah. Well, and you know the th- the thing is, not that many—I don't know. I guess bands do a lot of covers, but. I always felt that Voivod were real music fans yeah. because of the songs that they covered. Yep. And and then they covered the Batman theme on what That's was it, right. Angel Rat, Angel I think. Angel Rat, yeah. And and so I was like, no, they're cartoon fans too. Like there was everything just sort of to me brought out humanity and I felt like I got to know them mm-hmm. because of what they chose and and I happen to really like all of the covers, you know, for the most part. So I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. I like that too. And in a way, I think doing a cover for any band 
and I, I think money people have called it like a money grab before like oh well yeah they're just doing that cover because it's like a money grab but if if they're really trying to do a song justice because they're fans it then also gives fans another place to relate to you from yeah you know yeah definitely and and the thing is too it's like they now from my perspective at least you know they covered pink floyd and king crimson yeah two very unmetal bands okay from in that that time but very foundational for heavy music or for um really accomplished yes music Right. But that—that's what I mean, though—is like it, like yes, all those types of bands, was, they weren't very metal. But it also gave me the green light to be like, yeah, I used to like these bands before I discovered punk rock, and I mm-hmm. had to like only listen to like you know GBH and stuff like that. Right. But um, it, it made it sort of created a bridge between, you know, the King Crimson records, you know, Pink Floyd records, and modern music for mm-hmm. me you know mm-hmm. and these might just be my own personal biases i'm talking about but it's like you know it was like it kind of like bridged this gap and made me think like oh you know this is all all this stuff kind of informs each other you know what i mean oh like, yeah well listen know, the first time i saw mastodon i thought that they were the perfect combination of neurosis and king crimson yeah and i, I was just that. like oh my god like i was flipping my lid yeah you know and and that was like really when they only had a demo or maybe not even anything out, you know? Yeah. That was, that was like my favorite era of the band actually. Yeah. It was like back the demo. Then there was that seven inch they had on uh, reptilian mm-hmm. records. That actually is probably my favorite stuff by them is that seven inch. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. The, they cover Emerald on that. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. the Thin Lizzy track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. was really cool. Yeah. You know, anyway, there you go. It's a band covering, and then you get an insight into what that band's about. Right. Know? I think uh, Voivod also covered the Nile song, too. Yes, they did. Yeah. 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 Which is another great Pink Floyd track, you know. Yeah, it's very telling that they did two Pink Floyd covers, you know, yeah. out of the handful that they did. And you can hear, I think, and I'm not a guitar player, so maybe you can sort of give your opinion on that, but the... but piggies playing and like effects and sort of i mean he's got this whole sort of spacey vibe yeah you know and that's all about pink floyd yeah david gilmore i think yeah you know even though they they covered songs that were in the sid barrett era Mm -hmm. i think to me personally everyone loves to say they love sid barrett but i love david gilmore actually yeah Yeah. i think he really pushed the band forward well he certainly did yeah yeah you know and his guitar style too is like way more like creative i think in a lot of ways mm-hmm. you know um yeah so that's phobos by voivod <laughs> yes and, it uh, is before we uh sign off uh you want to talk about your podcast um so i have a podcast called peer pressure and that's um associated with wfmu and i have I've been on WFMU for over 30 years, and over that period of time, I've interviewed over 200 people. So I'm taking those interviews, and um, I'm reworking them and making them a little bit more podcast-friendly. I am still cutting up songs because there's a lot of, like, guest DJ stuff in there, but we talk about music, you know, Mm -hmm. like this. I mean, it's sometimes it's weird to have a radio show where you talk about music, but you can't play the music because of the rights and things such as you know podcasts are 
Um, but, but yeah, so I'm, I am reworking those and they can be found. I, it's sometimes listed under Diane's Kamikaze Fun Machine, but if you looked up Diane Podcasts WFMU, um, I'm sure you would find them. And I think that my interview with you, I think, I think I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm sort of saving certain interviews for, especially since I know that you were angry. Oh I'll my go God, back I was angry. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Mike and I spoke um, a long time ago and, you know, Toombs has been on my radio show um, live in the past. Yep. And, and uh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I remember before we came to do that show that, my all my equipment got destroyed and like i needed i was playing through like secondary stuff when i played really yeah like well, blew, it blew up like my i my, the amp I, I still to this day play just the tubes got crushed and the thing blew up and like i hadn't I, and we were, that was the day we left to go on tour oh my god and i had i played that entire tour with like amps that i just had that I never used in heavy music. Wow. Yeah, they were like... There's like, a test. These like Fender, you know, amps and stuff like that. And mm. I had to use like distortion pedals to make it sound like, like you know, heavy, like, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But so that's was, you. You're dedicated. You'll make it work. Got to. Yeah. You know, the show must go on, man. You know, Absolutely. show business we're talking about here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. It, that's on iTunes and everything. Yes, and, it is. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and... uh and you, and your your gimme radio show yes is uh is lifer and my uh, my website is rockerforlife.com what kind of stuff can we find in there is it a portal to all this stuff it's um it's yeah it sort of is like you can go to rockerforlife.com and there's links to my podcast and links to gimme and then i i blog you know i post things like i went in uh february i guess it was i went on that 70,000 tons of metal cruise and i got was that Oh, is that fun? It's amazing. It sounds like it's a lot it's of fun. It's ridiculously fun. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just, I highly recommend it. There's, there's, even though, like, half the bands this year were sort of like forest metal, they were kind of like folk mm-hmm. metal, and I, like, you know, I'm like, uh, what happens when I listen to five folk metal bands in a row, I end up picking one out that I like better than the others, but not as much as I like, like regular metal, you know, kind yeah. of thing. So I can, I can adapt, but I did like, you know, I got to interview the guys from Onslaught, from Sodom, you know, I talked to John Gallagher from Raven for a really long time. I talked to Barney from Napalm Death, like, and, and it's, so it's like being at a, at a festival. It mm-hmm. is a festival. It's, you know, four days, five days long, 60 bands. Each band plays twice because there's four venues on the boat. And each band plays like a regular full set, like 45 minutes to like an hour and a half, depending on who it is, like except played, you know, like oh, they wow. played twice. Um, and uh, like obituary was there and God dethroned and oh, like, wow. yeah, it was. And, yeah. and, but the best thing is, is that there's no such thing as like backstage. So you're like eating, you know, and you're like, oh, there goes such and such from whatever band. And, you know, like I remember the first, this is the third one I've been on. They've they've done nine. And I went to number one and number two, and then I went to this one. And, you know, you can go up to the salad bar and be like, oh, what are you eating? Like, and looking at, I mean, I, I try not to be a jerk, you know, but usually I can tell people I want to interview them and, and be nice and, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And it's just, there is a real feeling of community on the boat 
Like, it's very cool. Like, I've gone alone most of the time. And it's not really a problem. And uh, I love festivals, but I don't really enjoy, like, getting rained on and getting muddy. And so, you know, a cruise ship is luxury. So you have your, your bunk is no more than a five minute walk. Like I I was taking like power naps and then I was going upstairs and like eating steak. And then I was going in the steam room and then like going to go see a band. That's killer. Like that's the thing. And, um, the first time I went, I thought, Oh my God, this is crazy. People are going to be puking all over the place and they're going to be destroying shit, but it's not cheap. So the level of, you have to be a semi-responsible person yeah. to afford to be able to do it. It's not like savages, you know. Yeah, like and people help. appreciate what they have. So it's, I mean, it's so much fun. It really, really is so much fun. I would, you know, I'll have a conversation with you off mic about it further if you're really into it. Kind of, <laughs> but it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's very welcoming and it's all metal. And everybody on the boat is there for that. It's not like some cruises have bands, but it's like, you know, there's this many people for the band cruise or one band plays. This is like the bands just play constantly. So at like five in the morning, you can go and see a band if you like. You know. I think they stop at five in the morning. They stop at five. Yeah. They're wow. d- like, they're finished. They're completed by five or maybe four on some of the nights, but they start at like 11 in the morning or 1030. And then they go, I mean, every so often you see, it's like, wow, like I think God dethroned played like they had like a two 30 in the morning set on one of the, the schedules. So I was just like, Oh man, I am not going to make that, you do, know, but then they played another though, time. remember though back in the day, like the, like scenes shows at the Ritz, sometimes bands oh, yeah. would go on at like one thirty in the morning. Oh yeah. 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 I I'm really glad that's changed. Oh yeah. I don't think I'd make it. <laughs> I know me too. Yeah. 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 But that's it. I mean, anything for the music, you know, it's like, you kind of just, you do what you got to do to keep that going. And, and I've always just been about, making sure I see the band, making sure I support the band, you know, and that kind of thing. And that's just what really matters a lot to me, you know, and now it's like, I, I have always really appreciated being on radio, whether it's terrestrial radio or gimme in terms of being able to, you know, talk to people in bands and, and have people listen to what they have to say, Mm -hmm. you know, and be able to relate to them better. Because I know that my fascination and my love for music came for being able to relate to music when I was a kid, you know, in some way as either an outlet or feeling like it was comfortable or an ally. And it's, it's important for people to be able to feel like they're not alone, you know? And I think that's what music provides, you know, whether it's you're in a band and you're, you're working with a team or you're playing something and you're getting it out there to other people. It's the most important thing in the world. Well, thanks for joining us, Diane. Thank you for having me. And, this uh, is so much know, fun. No, we should do it again. I'm like one of the, one of the things we're trying to do is uh, have different people involved in this aspect of the show. Um, you know, not you know, like a nice recurring cast of people. Mm-hmm. You know that I enjoy talking to. Yeah. We can talk about interesting things. Mm-hmm. I got Jay Bennett coming on. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're gonna do a Guns and Roses one. Nice. For Appetite for Destruction. Oh, good. Uh, you know, Randy from Cable is uh, started it with him. Oh, doing nice! Doing these classic records, and yeah. Randy's coming back at some point. Um, 
you know, I got a bunch of different people lined up and we should do it again. Yeah, we sure. absolutely should. Thank you so much for inviting me. This has really been fun. And when you had originally said like, oh yeah, we'll talk about Phobos. So it was like for an hour, we're going to talk about one record. I had no idea how it was going to go. So it's, yeah. you've made it really enjoyable. It's really cool. Yeah. So much fun. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, you can catch me on Gimme Radio with my show called The Sacred and Profane. And um, I'm not as good at DJing as uh, as Diane over here not is. true. But- not yeah, you'll, you'll find all kinds of stuff on there. Mike some stuff rules. you might not like and some stuff you might enjoy. You know, but I just kind of play what I like. I mean, it always tends to be on the darker side of things. Okay. <laughs> and that's it. So everyone go home. <laughs> <laughs>a jacket and some shoes nice yeah. <laughs> i like jersey i, I we pra- we practice in new jersey yeah you told me yeah yeah, we, yeah. in keensburg and then on the on the first we're moving to our spot in keyport so, oh cool yeah i mean it's like 45 minutes yeah it's like near the shore i mean it's, yeah, it's you know, beautiful i love it down there. yeah it's yeah. not you know like a, the cutthroat brooklyn world of rehearsal spaces where right. you know true it's a nicer more mellow vibe so you have a rehearsal, it's the band's rehearsal yes. space? That's it's, it's so good. It's a monthly, good. I mean, yeah. for years we, when, when the band was more centralized in Brooklyn, we, we had a spot mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, but it was like the biggest pain in the ass, headache. Like yeah. we also, you always had the feeling that somebody was going to buy the building and you'd shut it down <laughs> at any given time. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. how things go here. Yeah. But now the band is... Uh, there's still two guys that live in the city, you know, in the, mm-hmm. one of the five boroughs, Brooklyn yeah. and, and Queens. The other two members live down in New Jersey, and the space is there. Right. And they've had that spot for a while. Oh, so they had it anyway. Yeah. 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 It's always That's like good. the drummer who has yeah. the space. Of know? course. Yeah, of course it is. And it's just a better vibe. Even the travel, like, we park the van there, we can leave our cars there. You can for, probably leave it right in front of the door. Yeah. Like, a month, I, I park my stuff, my van there for like a, a month at least well in one case almost two months really yeah because like the, the landlord's like oh it's his guy it's the guy yeah it's cool like yeah you can leave it here and then just buy it yeah you know because like here obviously you can't